All right, I will say good morning, good morning. Let us begin. Beautiful day ahead of us today. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning share. To thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Teves. The Dafyomi share in memory of Mr. Milton Martyr, Mordechai David Ben Rafala Cohen. And the Elbam Mishbacha in creation of the yard site of Jerry Elbam, Yaakov Kapo, Ben Rabavram Menach. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama Slavin Aliyah, and the families in Nechama. Also with that, let us, let us begin. So we have a great daf out of us today. Today's daf is, pe- today's daf is pay base. 82. We are in Red Session picking up. We left off yesterday. Mm-mm-mm. I want to say, oh, uh, Mantano. So we'll say it's actually, it's uh, two, four, six, seven lines up in the bottom. So Mantano hadisanyo, dvarm hamutarim, vachirim, noaguban iser, iataroshe, linagbahen, heter, kidei levatlan. So we'll say it's actually a very interesting case. The Gemara says as follows. Who is the opinion who states the following idea? The following idea. Dvarm hamutarim, so we'll say this means something that is motor, practices that are motor, but I go to a community where people are machmir. I go to a community where people are machmir. So a little translation over here. So let's say I live in city A, and in city A we do certain practices. I go to city B, and in city B they're machmir, and they do not engage in those same practices. I should not act in a permissive fashion in, in, in the presence of those who act in a prohibitive fashion. I will say, the truth is, this halacha actually has many different ramifications and applications. I'll give you just one that comes up contemporarily all of the time. Let's say again, you are a Jew who lives in Eretz Yisrael, and you come to Chutz Laaretz, you come to outside of Eretz Yisrael, and now we know that the halacha is in Eretz Yisrael, they don't have Yom Tov Shein, they don't have the second day Yom Tov. In Chutz Laaretz, we do observe it. So remember again, as an Eretz Yisrael Jew, there are certain things that you do not have to go ahead and observe on Yom Tov Sheni. That being said, you are not permitted in a public fashion to go ahead and not observe the second day of Yom Tov. There's a concept of having respect for the Minagamakam. Having respect in general for... Because I, I remember that... Uh, no, okay, no stories, we have to win. This is where we never get through the doubt. Okay, and then, so we'll say, so therefore, but if you look at the Rush, the Rush has an interesting application of this, or an interesting explanation of this. The Rush says... The Rosh says, Dvarim Hamutarim. So I'll say, if you look at the Rosh on the left hand column, the first wide line. See, he says like this, Dvarim Hamutarim, Sheyotim Shehem Mutarim, Ulahachmir Nagubahen Iser. So Tzrichen Hatara Midrabanam. So I'll say, the way the Rosh understands this is as follows. If in a particular place they've accepted upon themselves certain behaviors, as a Chumrah, as a stringency, so they know that what they are doing is really permitted. But they've accepted upon themselves certain stringencies. The Rush says that at the end of the day, if now the community wants to go ahead and stop observing this stringency, they require hataras nedarim. They, they, they need to treat it as if it's a revocation of a vow. So I will say this is very interesting. So what, what, what he's, what, according to the Rush, what's happening over is as follows. If a, see, Pashat Pshat, Pashat Pshat, is that this is, an, uh, this is a concept on the visitor to a community. You go to a community, the community conducts itself a certain way. Be respectful of communal norms, even if you yourself don't normally observe that norm. The Rush says, no, we must teach you something different. If I live in a community, and ultimately, again, the community accepted upon itself certain chumras. The community knows these chumras are not halacha, they're chumras. 
Now the community decides we don't want to observe those chumras anymore. They need hataras nedarim. I, but what if they didn't take it upon themselves as a nether? They still need hataras nedarim. Why? So that they should understand, because we're afraid if they could just stop the practice like cold turkey, just stop doing it without any mechanism of revocation, they'll come to treat other usser matters in a light-hearted way as well. Therefore, in order to safeguard real Isurim, any communal practice that has been adopted and then wants to be unadopted, that's the word, right? Unadopted. Halach Lamaisa needs Hataras Nadarim. Very interesting. So finish the Rosh. He says, Shalom Yavod, Zazel, Bedvarma, Asurim. Fine. So Gemara says, Who is the opinion who says this? So the Gemara says, So, Mushana Amar Mushum, Lo Yachel, Dvaro. Because the Pasik says, Lo Yachel, Dvaro, shouldn't profane your word. Dvaro Acher, Lo Yachel, Dvaro. What does it mean, Lo Yachel, Dvaro? Mikan, Latam, Tchachem, Shein, Mefer, Nidre, Atzmo. Other opinion was Lo Yachel Dvaro mean that ultimately a Chacham cannot go ahead. A Chacham cannot go ahead and annul his own vow. So we'll see whose opinion is reflected over here. Money? Rabbi Gamliel. Now we'll see, this is Rabbi Gamliel. Now remember again, we had Rabbi Gamliel in yesterday's daf. Right? Remember again, we'll see, what, what did Rabbi Gamliel say? If a wife takes a nether, that she is not going to make her husband's bed, she's not going to go ahead and pour him his cup of wine, or she's not going to wash his hands, face, and feet. Right, so what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Does the husband need to annul such a nedr like that? No. Why? Because ultimately, again, she's halachically bound to do those things. Rabbi Gamil said, Rabbi Gamil said that halacha lamaisa, he should annul it. Right? Why should he annul it? So Rabbi Gamil says, out of a concern, out of a concern, right, he should annul it. So I'll say, Rabbi Gamil is the, of the opinion that even things... Now, what's Rebbe Gamliel's whole chap? Why does he say annul it? Because if you don't annul it, she's going to come to treat Nedarim lightly. So Rebbe is of the opinion that sometimes we subject a particular Nedar to a revocation or to an annulment process, even though what? Even though it doesn't need Hatara. doesn't need Hatara, lest you come to treat Nedarim lightly. So therefore, in this case where the community accepted a practice, even if they didn't accept it as a nadar, and now they want to unaccept that practice, it requires some form of hatara in order to safeguard the seriousness of nadarim. Very interesting. So it's an interesting case over here. So Rav asked Rav Nachman the following question. It's a very interesting case. What happens if a woman makes a nadar? Not to engage in Tashmish Shamita. Now remember again, the, the, in order for that nether to take hold, it would have to be phrased as, remember how does she have to phrase it? She has to phrase it as, I make a nether to prohibit the benefit or the pleasure of Bia upon myself. Right? Because if she prohibits herself onto her husband, then ultimately again, she's making a nether that runs contrary to, her biblical, to, to their obligation to one another. So therefore she can ask it upon herself. So now the Gemara says as follows. So, so if a nether v'tash mishamita, is that considered to be inoy nefesh, or is that dvarim shebeno lebeno? Now we'll say, what's the nafkamina? Let's go back. What's the nafkamina? Right. Good. So remember again, if it's inoy nefesh, then when he is matirit, or I should say, husband is made for it, when the husband is made for it, what's the nature of that afara? Forever, forever. If it's dvarim shebeno lebeno, then ultimately the afara only works as long as what? They're married. Once they're no longer married, ultimately, because remember again, Abosai, when it comes to Dvarm Shebenol, remember again the, the, coin, the, the phrase we coined was when a husband is made for Dvarm Shebenol, what is it? It's really nether suppression. It's 
Nether suppression. So the nether is suppressed as long as there's a marital bond. Once the marital bond dissolves, the nether comes back, as opposed to inui nefesh, which is literal, complete annulment of the nether. So that's the shayla. A nether atash b'shamita, is that inui nefesh, or is that varm shabena olabena amr latiri suah? So we learn this, what do we learn this? Unetula ani min hayyuhudim. Sarebo said, this is actually interesting. Look at the rush. So last rush on the page. Sarebo said, literally again, the nether she's making is, I make a nether that I am removed from the Jewish people. Now what does that mean, a nether that I'm removed from the Jewish people? Look at the rush. Mufreshes ani mikala yehudim sheasra hanaaz tashmisham aleha. Sarebo said, so the way we understand this nether is, she's making a nether not to have relations with any Jew. That's her nether, right? So she is prohibiting, she's prohibiting the benefit or the pleasure of Tashmish with any Jew upon herself. That's what I'm removed from the Jewish people. So it's not a theological statement. It's literally like a bia, like a physical statement. Okay, so what's Talak in such a situation? We'll say Tavok Pebez, Yafer Chelko, Omishamashto. Husband has the ability to go ahead and annul his part of that, because obviously, again, he's included in the Jewish people as well. She annuls his part, ultimately, and is permitted to have relations with her. And well, so take a look, take a look at, actually not yet. So we'll say, if you hold that, that is that a neder of Bia, a neder of Tashmish, is inui nefesh, I'm sorry, I didn't. So what happens in this kind of case? What happens in this case? Husband annuls his chilek. His chilek. That allows him to have intimacy with his wife. And we'll say, ultimately, what happens to the rest of her nether? What happens to the rest of her nether? It's intact. It's intact. Which again, I want to point out, obviously, when she's married, it doesn't make all that much of a difference. But Lamaisa, should she become widowed or divorced, makes a lot of difference. Because now she has a nether prohibiting herself to relations to any other Jew. So what's going on over here? Now the fact that the way the Gemara understands this is how. Husband could annul his chilek of the nether, but the rest of the nether remains intact. What does that tell you? If you tell me that Tashmish is inuin nefesh, I will say if Tashmish, the nether about Tashmish was inuin nefesh, then what happens when the husband annuls it? What should happen? What should happen? The entire nether should be annulled. The fact that ultimately, again, the husband could only annul his part. What does that tell you? say, What does that tell you? That tells you that a nether regarding Tashmi Shamita ultimately, again, is Dvarim Shebeno Lebeno. And about say, what happens with Dvarim Shebeno Lebeno? Ultimately, again, this means a husband has the ability to annul his part. And how long can he annul his part for? His part for? For the marriage. Right? But once the marriage is over, ultimately the rest of the nether comes into effect. So I will say, so I just want to point out that there's two things happening over here. Number one, number one, this, we're constantly reinforcing this distinction between the dharm of Inui Nefesh versus the dharm of Dvarim Shebeno Lebeno. Inui Nefesh afflictive deprivation nether, husband has the ability to annul it and it's annulled forever. Dvarm shebeno so a nether that impacts their marital status or their, mar- their marital relationship, ultimately husband could suppress it for the duration of the marriage. But once the marriage is over, it appears that that nether really comes back. 
We're now mostly going to begin to put things in each of the categories. So what you begin to go to the Gemara over here is Tashmishamita, it does not fall into Inui Nefesh, but rather Tashmishamita falls into Tvarim Shebeino Lebeino. And therefore, Allah if she makes a and it's very interesting, so if she makes a nether, not to have relations with any Jew, essentially what he could do is, he could be made for his chilek, his chilek. But the rest of the nether still remains in effect. Incredible. So the Gemara says, So I will say, ultimately again, and according to the Rabbanon, what do we do with this particular case? To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Yossi Katani la, Dam Rav Huna, Kulei Pirkin Rabbi Yossihi. So what's according to the Rabbanon, what you'll have to say is that this entire, this entire section is reflective of the position of Rabbi Yossi. So the Gemara says, where do we know this from? Kevon Diktani Rabbi Yossi Omer Ein Elu Ela Nidre Inui Nefesh Lama Leisula Misni Harize Yafet De Rabbi Yossi. Shavosi, since the last Mishnah ended by saying Rabbi Yossi says these are these are not Nidre Inui Nefesh. Shavosi, this is the first Mishnah in the Parak. And then it goes back and it says Harize Yafet De Rabbi Yossi. It quotes Rabbi Yossi again. What does it teach us? Shema Mina Mikan Ve'Elach Rabbi Yossihi. Ultimately, again, it comes to teach us that the rest of the rest of this statement, the rest of this section, is reflective of the view of Rabbi Yossi. Obviously, if you take a look at Tosis for just a moment, Tosis is in the left-hand margin. So Tosis writes over here: according to the Rabbanon, this brisa or the mission, excuse me, of Netula Animin HaYehudim. When she makes nether saying that I'm removed from the Jewish people, according to the Rabbanon, that is going to be reflective of the position of Rabbi Yossi. Diledidei Pshita Didvarim Shebeino Lebeina Havu. So it's like, it's quite, all the Gemara is just trying, trying to set up is how would the Rabbanon understand this? The Rabbanon would understand the reflective of the position of Rabbi Yossi. Fine. Now, we'll say, now remember again, that's because going back, there is a fundamental mahluks in Rabbi Yossi and Rabbanon, or Rabbi Yossi and Tanakama, about how to define Nidre Inui Nefesh, like we saw in the first Mishnah. Beautiful. Amr Shmuel Meshayi the Levi. Well, there we go. So Shmuel said the name of Levi, Kol Medarim Bal Mefer Ishto. In general, the husband has the ability to annul any of his wife's Nidarim. Now, I will say, with a couple of caveats. Now, the truth is, that statement, that statement we've already seen, is not... I mean, it's a true statement, but it's a true statement with a number of caveats. Remember, what type of nadarim can a husband be made for for his wife? What kind of nadarim? Either A, Inui Nefesh, or Dvarim Shebeino Lebeino. So, the Gemara is, so, so now the Gemara is going to say, let's give some examples of nadarim that he can't know. So watch this. Chutz min Hanaasi aploni. She'ena meifer. So let's listen to this. Let's say Reuven's married to Rachel. Right? And Rachel makes a nadar. Right, Rachel makes it. What's her nether? Her nether is, I'm, I'm not going to give any hanal to Leah. To Leah. So does husband have the right to go ahead and annul that nether? The answer is, no. Why not? It's not inoy nefesh, and it has nothing to do with their marriage. So again, therefore, husband doesn't have the right of annulment. Aval, hanas ploni alai mefer. This is very interesting. However, what can he do? If, the, if Rachel says, I prohibit Leah from giving any benefit to me, that the husband can be made for. That he can be made for. Now, we'll say, now what's the logic over there? Take a look at the rush. Say, rush is now in the right-hand column. So the rush says, Ava hanas ploni alai mefer, 
Shemet Tzitzarich Mimenu. Because you'll say logically, what's the idea over here? If Rachel, right, Ruby is married to Rachel. Rachel makes a nether. The nether is, so again, if she makes a nether, I'm not, Rachel says, I'm not going to give any Hanot to Leah. So does Ruby and the husband have the ability to annul that nether? No. Why? Because again, it doesn't fall into either one of the two categories. However, if Rachel says, I take a nether not to get any Hanoah from Leah, Reuven can annul that nether. Why? Because it could be that Rachel will need Leah for something, and now she's not able to get Hanoah from Leah, and therefore it's called Inui Nefesh. Now, the Chiddush is, even though right now, it's not afflictive in nature. Right now, Rachel doesn't need anything from Leah. But Lamai says she may need something from Leah, and now she won't be able to get something from Leah because of the nether. Therefore, that's called afflictive. Inui, Inui Nefesh, and therefore Ruvain can annul it. Incredible. So the Gemara questions this. Gemara is interesting. Tanan. Peros Medina Zu Alai. Yavilam Dechas. What did our Mishnah say? Rachel made a nether. Rachel made a nether. Rachel made a nether. That I hereby permit upon myself any fruit... From, uh, from, from the state of Maryland. So what's Talacha? Reuven can't annul that nether. Why can't he annul the nether? Yavilam dina Because she can get food from another state. Let her get from uh, Delaware. Right? Let her get from Delaware. So Amra Yosef, Tika Amra Shetavi. So I'll say, so here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. So I will say, now again, based on what we just said, if Rachel makes a nether, not to, not to give Hannah to Leah, so we said Reuven can't annul it. But if Rachel makes a nether not to receive Hannah from Leah, Reuven can annul it because she may need something. So based on that, I will say, if Rachel makes a nether not to get benefit, not to eat fruit from Maryland, right? So what should be the halacha? So the Mishnah said, husband can't annul it. Why? Let her get fruit from Pennsylvania. But based on what we just said, what should be the halacha? Husband should be able to annul it because maybe she'll need fruit from Maryland for some reason. So why can't husband annul that? To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, um, I'm sorry, very interesting, I'm about to say. So now, very interesting qualification over here. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, what's the case? What's the case? I'm sorry, I keep losing the place. So Rabbi Yosef says, what's the case? Shetavi. The nether she made was, I hereby make, so Rachel's married to Ruvain. The nether was, Ruvain, I make a nether that you, Ruvain, cannot bring me fruits from Maryland. Okay. So I will say, what did she prohibit in this case? What did she prohibit? What did she prohibit? Ruvain bringing fruit from Maryland. Did she prohibit fruit from Maryland? No. Only the particular situation of Ruvain bringing fruits from Maryland. So that's the kind of case I will say where the truth is, there's, Ruvain can't revoke that. There's, there's no hafara in that case. Why is there no hafara in that case? Because Lamaisa, it's not Inui Nefesh, and it's not Dharm Shabbinu It's not Inui Nefesh because even if she needs fruit from Maryland, she can get it. She just can't get it from her husband. So such a specific nether like that, he does not have the ability to go ahead and revoke. We'll say, if we take a look at the rush again. So the rush says, actually, you can just take a look at the ran. The ran of says right in the left-hand column over here. Amra shetavi ata kigon amra peros medina zu alai im ata. So the nether she made is Ruvain. I will not get any better. Right? You cannot bring me fruit from Maryland. Aval kishiavim acher lo If someone else brings the fruit. It's totally permitted for her to consume it. So since there's a way for her to get Maryland produce, 
al yidei acher lo dami lehanas ploni alai the less they take on the hanas be also ploni. Fine. So I will say so again. So therefore, Allah lemaisa because there is a way for her to get produce from Maryland. Ultimately, okay, her husband can't bring it, but anyone else can bring it. Therefore, this is not this is not an annullable nether. Incredible. So Moshe says, Tashma, let's analyze. So Peros chenveni zealai and yochel hafer. So I'll say another. Remember again, what did we see in the Mishnah? Let's say again, she says, I'm not going to eat any pro. I take a nether. I'm not going to eat any produce from from Shimon's makolet, right? From Shimon from Shimon's store. So what's halacha? What did the Mishnah say? Reuven, the husband, can't annul that nether because let her get food from somewhere else. I, based on this, I will say, but what we've learned is that Allah Chalamaisa, Reuven should be able to annul that nether. So I'll say, remember again, what's the case? We're sitting up the same way. The case is where she says, so I'm taking a nether that Reuven, my husband, you can't bring me produce from Shimon's supermarket. Okay. So that's not an annullable nether. Why? She's not prohibiting the produce of the supermarket upon herself. She's prohibiting a very specific thing. So that's not annullable by the nether, by the husband because it's not inu nefesh and it's not dvarim shebinola benah. But inachinami, had she gone ahead and said, I take a nether not to eat any produce from Ruvain's store, it sounds like based on what we're learning now, that husband would have the ability to annul that. So says the Gemara, Let's analyze. Lo haysa parnasasa elimimeno hareze yafer. Yet the Mishnah said, if, however, again, Reuven, the husband, had an arrangement with Shimon, what's the arrangement? That Shimon is the only one who extends credit to Reuven, then this would be an annullable nadar. The amritika amra shatavi ata. But if we're talking about a case where Lamaisa, again, she said the nether she's making is Ruvain, my husband, you can't bring me any produce from Shimon's store, right? Amai Yafer, then ultimately, again, still, why should Ruvain be able to annul it? Even if Shimon is the only guy who, buy, who could extend credit, that's fine. In other words, she can still get produce from Shimon. The only thing she prohibited is that her husband, Ruvain, can't bring it to her. So there are other ways in which she could obtain the produce. If that's the case, then why is it an annullable nether? Ella midaseifa dolo maisi baal havi reisha dekamaisihi. I will say so. We, what we have to say is, since the seifa is not a case ultimately again dolo maisi baal, where the husband can bring it, therefore again the reisha must be a case of where she herself is bringing it. That's the that's the case. Ella reisha en yachal haver. But one second, but rather again I will say the reisha is a case where the neder is not annulable videkamaisihi. I was talking about a case where she would be bringing it herself. I was saying, Rather, what you have to say is, the Mishnah reflects the view of Rabbi Yossi. The entire Mishnah ultimately, or the entire Perek, reflects the view of Rabbi Yossi. And what does it mean ultimately that he has the inability to be made for the neder? Mishum inui nefesh. It was said Rabbi Yossi consistently means when he says that Allah Maisa, you can't be made for the neder, it means you can't be made for the neder on the grounds of Inui Nefesh. But what can you do? But you do have the ability ultimately to be made for Nedarim to an Nedarim that again impact the marital bond. So I will say, so if you bring this all together, if you bring this all together, so what, what do we have? What do we have? So we'll say, I'm going to point you, I'm going to point you in the direction of the Rambam, Hochos Nedarim, 
Parak Yud Beis. Parak Yud Beis. Now the truth is, it's Halachos, Aleph, Beis, and Gimel that are, that are important, but I just want to quote to you specifically. In Halacha Aleph, what the Rambam goes ahead and outlines is as follows. Husband has revocatory power in two buckets of Nadarim, two types of Nadarim, right? We've established. Inu Nefesh, afflictive, and Dvarim Shebeino Lebeino. In Halacha Beis, Here's what the Rambam writes. So we'll say, where lies the distinction between the husband's revocatory power in Inu Nefesh Nedarim versus Dvarim Shebein Olabeinah? So here it is. Shanedarim Shiyeshpan Inu Nefesh Mefer El Atzmo Vi El Achirim V'Shebein Olabeinah Liatzmo Mefer L'Achirim Eino Mefer. So we'll say, this is what we've established. In Inu Nefesh Nedarim, husband has the ability to blanket hafara, blanket revocation. He revokes it for everyone. For everyone. Good. When it comes to Dvarim Shebeinola Beino, he only has the ability to be Mefer, his portion, but doesn't have the ability to annul the Nadar for anyone else. Right? So for example, I'll say, for example, Ketzad. Ketzad. So I'm just going to say, now this halacha gimel. Nadar Shlolech al-Basar. So we'll say, let's say, for example, she makes a Nadar, she's not going to eat meat. Right? Mefer la. So I'll say, so remember again, so what's not eating meat? What bucket would you put that in? Inuin nefesh. So made for Allah, betiyam uteres le'echol imkal adam li'olam. So I'll say, it's a good example, right? So she makes a nether not to eat meat. When you call that inuin nefesh, he annuls the nether on the day that he hears it, he annuls the nether. What's her alakha? She could eat meat at any time with any person. Conversely, the Ram says, asra la'tash mishkal adam sheba olam, and we'll say, what happens if she makes a nether? This is Gemara's case. So she makes a nether. I'm not going to have relations with... I'm never going to have relations with any Jew. So we'll say, what's the halacha? So in that case, Yafar Chalko, ultimately, he couldn't know the nether as it applies to him, his portion of the nether, and he can have relations with her. But we'll say, again, if he divorces her or, she, or he dies... Sheena has a nether. She has a nether prohibiting her from having relations with any Jewish man. So here the Ramam outlines this case. Now again, I want to point out, she, does, she have, does she have an out from this nether? Does she have an out? Yeah, what does she have to do? She's okay, she has to go to a, she has to go to a Chacham. Whatever it is, Charata, Pesach, whatever it's going to be. Right? So she has an out, she has an out. So I'll say the point, and this is the point that Rabbi is making over here, but I'll say two types of Nadarim that can be annulled. Fundamental distinction. Inu Nefesh, blanket annulment forever. Again, ultimately, he could annul his Chelek. But if she makes some more overarching Nadar, he can't impact the part that applies to any other person. So therefore, upon death or divorce, ultimately, that Nadar comes back. Incredible. No, it's any case. It's any case. I'm just giving, again, remember, the Ramam can't go through every case. So what he's just going to try to do is just give you examples. So the paradigmatic example of Inu Nefesh is going to be a, a Nedr Natit meat, right? And the paradigmatic example of Dvarm Shebeinol Lebeinol will be Tashmish. But then it's up to us, or it's up to the Gemara, to kind of fill up the list as we go along. But now we have our categories. Now we have our categories. Let's go back there. Let's go. I want to say interesting case. I'm ready with the Rishuah. Nodja Mishteki Karos. So this is a very interesting case. Rachel, right? Rachel is married to Ruvain. And what does she do? Rachel goes ahead and makes a nether, makes a nether, prohibiting herself from getting benefit from two loaves. From two loaves. 
Okay. Now, now what happens? One of the loaves, abstaining from eating one of the loaves is inu nefesh, and one of the loaves is not. Now, now what, what does that mean? This is very interesting. Take a look at the Ran for just a moment. The Ran is in the widest lines, two, four, five lines in. Right? So Rachel has two loaves of bread in front of her. She says, these two loaves are prohibited unto me. Fine. So for example, so what happens? One of the loaves is made from fine flour, and one of the loaves is made from coarse flour. Well, so you know, the, I mentioned before, like, the irony is, you know, like all of like the um, like the art artisanal breads or whole wheat breads or all this stuff. You know, see like like these like fancy loaves of bread. Like it looks, they look like they fell on the floor and you know like rolled around a couple of times. They have everything in it in different colors and this that. So let's say so. It's interesting it, it, from the Gemara's perspective, right? No one would ever touch that with a ten foot pole, right? So today you're paying premium premium dollar for it. And so it's interesting. So let's say a woman has a woman has two loaves of bread in front of her. One is is fine flour bread, fine flour bread. The other was like a like a like, well, literally be like a whole wheat loaf. Right? No one was eating whole wheat bread. So let's say so. So now one of them, one of them abstaining from it, abstaining from it represents inui nefesh. The other one she could care less about. She she wouldn't eat it anyway. So we'll say, so here's, so here's what's happening over here. So the neder encompasses both loaves. But really, abstaining from one of them is inui nefesh. Abstaining from the other, it doesn't matter. There's no inui nefesh in it. So watch this. So the Gemara says, listen to this. So we'll say, so now what's going to happen? So we'll say, so now what's the shayla? What's the shayla? What, are the, what is the husband's hafara power in this case? Because one of them is inui nefesh, one of them is not. So does that mean he only has the power to, to annul her neder vis-a-vis one of the loaves, but not the other? So the Gemara says, Mitoch shuhu mefer lemisane, mefer lemisane. So we'll say the Gemara says, essentially, because they're part of, both those are part of one neder, since he has the ability to annul the neder vis-a-vis one loaf, he effectively has the ability to annul the neder for what? Two loaves, which we'll say is another way of saying it's one neder. So once you have the ability to annul part of the neder, we'll say, remember, this is part of another corollary which we've seen. What's the other corollary? Neder shehutter miktsasa hutter kula. You can't revoke or annul part of a neder. So once you annul or revoke part of it, the entire neder is another. So this is the same application over here, which essentially means once he has the power to annul the neder because of the loaf, that does represent Inui, he has the power to annul the nether for the other loaf, even though she could care less. So the Gemara Ravasi, I'm Rav Yochanan, may for the Mishana, but may for the Mishana, Mishana. We'll say, Machokes, Ravasi, name Rav Yochanan. No, no, not true. He only has the power to annul the nether vis-a-vis the loaf that she cares about, but does not have the power to annul the, for, for, to annul for the loaf she doesn't care about. Okay, so we'll say, Machokes, Machokes, so the Ika, the, the Ika, the, the Amri, but says the alternate version of this, which, which frames the Machlokis a little bit differently. So in the Ika, the Amri, in the Ika, the Amri, in the alternate version, the, the conversation is just framed in a different way. Rav Yossi, Rav Asi, asked Rav Yochanan, 
right? A woman made a nether to abstain from two loaves of bread. Ba'achos misana, they both say it's one nether. Ba'achos misana, ba'achos misana. One of the loaves, abstaining from eating it, really represents inuin nefesh, but the second loaf does not. So mahu, what is the halacha? What is the halacha? Namely, again, what does the husband have the power to do? To which I will say, in this version, Yochanan responded, Husband has the ability to annul the nedar, vis-a-vis the loaf, vis-a-vis the loaf. Ultimately, again, that, vis-a-vis the loaf that she wants, or you know, that she would desire, that's inuin nefesh, but doesn't have the ability to annul it for the loaf that's not inuin nefesh. So, say, so two versions. In the second version of Rabbi there's no machlokas. Right, in the second version of this discussion, Ravasi asks Rabbi Yochanan the question, and Rabbi Yochanan answers the question, and there's no other opinion here. In the first version, there's two opinions. The, right, the Tanakhama, the first ever, the Rabbonans say, that no, once you could annul the nether for the loaf she wants, you could annul it even for the loaf that she doesn't want. And Rabbi Yochanan argues and says, no, she could only go ahead, he could only go ahead and annul it for the loaf that she wants. Okay, so two versions of us. You know what? We're going to stop over here for today. So I'm leaving you off on this machlokas. So again, we leave off in the middle of this machlokas because again, the truth is the Gemara then goes really the rest of the daf is the answer to this question tomorrow's daf. So we'll get to that tomorrow's day, but I'm leaving you on this cliffhanger about a nether that encompasses two parts. One part is Inui Nefesh. One part is not Inui Nefesh. What is the husband's revocatory power in such nether? We'll, say we'll stop here. Let's do a little Masilasi Sharim together. What's a day without Messi Lassi Sharon, right? Good.